you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Damashek football program available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? Hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to episode number 174 of the Dave Damashek football program, available as always on iTunes and at nfl.com slash Sheck. S-H-E-K, football season draws ever closer. Let's start talking about it with one of the true insiders here at the NFL Network and NFL.com, the man who runs the Around the League page at NFL.com, the main man. I don't know about insider. Why are you not an insider? Can I introduce you first? I'm inside the building. Sorry. Greg Rosenthal. That's what I was going to say. Don't poo-poo. I'm trying to pump you up. And right out of the gate, you undercut yourself. Don't undermine yourself, fella. I, I apologize. But insider just makes it sound like, okay, I'm on the phone with all the GMs. Yeah, the yes. I'm not really that guy. Well, around the league, as I always say, it's all the news. If you're a football fan and you don't look at around the league, and I know it sounds like I'm shilling for a product that uh, at here at the at the NFL, but I, I really, the, you guys, if you're a football fan, this is you guys uh, obviously weigh in on everything under the sun as it relates to pro football and beyond. And as I say, you do it with a bit of mirth. That's why I'm excited to hear the newest podcast at the NFL, and it's uh, the Around the League one, replacing the Debate Club. Now, listeners of this podcast will know that uh, Mr. Hanzoos and Sessler have been steady contributors on this show with their Debate Club. We've enjoyed having Rosenthal in here as well. Now... You fly away onto your own podcast, and it's underway now. It's already it, people can find it. It has started. I love that I'm on here promoting. I'm loving all the nice things you're saying. 
Uh, we taped our first one on Wednesday, so it is out there. It's on iTunes. You can subscribe. We appreciate all the love you've given Sessler and Hansen, but you're right. We gotta kind of, you know, not just be attached to you like a Fine. appendage or a cancerous tumor or something. Well, you know. yes, I mean that 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 is it's interesting. You really nailed that. That metaphor is is pretty apt there. That is the way I regard Hansus in particular. But anyway, <laughs> it's going to be great stuff, and uh, I look forward to that. And I hope uh, you guys can still join us from time to time on this podcast. And, and I owe you. We had to come up with, or I wrote a little description on iTunes. You know, they ask you to sum it up in a in a sentence or two and you know i finished it with all the nfl news with a little bit of mirth oh terrific that's terrific um okay so you mentioned wednesday and the big news on wednesday the big news of the week in the nfl belichick's press conference to me a little bit too much made out of it i guess it's something he didn't have to do so it's noteworthy that he took the time to address that a little bit, uh, you know, a, a fair amount of hyperbole for how well he did and how different. The, we never have seen these shades of, of the man, <laughs> Bill. Really? I don't I don't really get that. He seemed very much the same guy he always is. But kudos to him for taking that. I thought on Thursday, Tom Brady in a more informal setting, surrounded out on the practice field, surrounded by reporters, was much more revealed himself to be, for the umpteenth time, to be a really smart guy, a decent guy, a guy who is hard to root against, even if you're not a Patriots fan. Rosenthal, your thoughts on this whole week? Well, it's memorable. Maybe you're right that we're giving Belichick too much credit, but when Belichick's on the screen and you got the split screen and Hernandez is walking in kind of impassively into the courtroom – and you got Belichick on one side. You're listening to. You just remember. You just know you're going to remember that years from now. I know I will. Not, and I don't think it's just as a Patriots fan. It's just one of those NFL news moments you would have never seen coming. Like here's Belichick having to explain why one of his best players is, you know, on, uh, you know, being accused of murder. And it's just, uh, it's just one of those moments you'll remember. So you're right. Probably a little too much love for Belichick, but. It's quite a story. There's no there's no denying that. So I think it's just they had to get this out of the way this week, and now they have. No doubt, and I'm not being cynical in saying this, that it was a, a smart business move, a PR move, and everything else the way. And I think, you know, I, I'm surprised more organizations don't operate like this. I mean, I, I, I can't recall anything this grim, but... Still, I, the the way that they handled it and just distanced themselves from him immediately, cut him. I, you know, this is the sort of thing that uh, that I I suppose you could say is admirable, self serving on some level. I know that sounds cynical, but it does make sense that this is a good move to do. Nice, clean. This is not a part of what we are, and uh, th- there's no, you know, the Pouncy twins showed more allegiance than anyone within the organization did. And I think that's, uh, you know, when you have 53 guys who have known Aaron Hernandez for the last few years, there probably is uh, among some parties within the organization a kinship for this guy, some, you know, some friendships that exist there. So, you know, that the the organization basically shut that all down is some you know unlike other teams were other teams outside of the patriots weren't able to do it as effectively as the patriots themselves have done cuz cuz they those players know that they'll get cut if they're not very good for saying anything wrong or they'll get you know there'll be repercussions i mean they just know belichick rules that way so 
Brady's main thing he said today is we're just following in line with Belichick. I mean, he he doesn't hide from that, and that that's just how it goes. The thing that came through, and I mentioned this a few weeks ago with Brady in particular, his comments. There was a sense of, you know, Belichick was, I I, I want to analyze what he said at the microphone. He is typically monotone and, um, you know, talks in incomplete sentences and so on. But Brady, the thing that I sort of said when the Hernandez story broke is, imagine on a human level, forget about he's a superstar and he's married to Giselle and whatever. Imagine just as a human being, like, wait a second. I was in a huddle with that guy of what he's accused of. That is some pretty dark stuff. That must send a chill up your spine. And that came across to me when you heard Brady talking to the reporters on Thursday. Well, and I thought it did with Belichick, too. I really did. That he seemed a little shaken by it. Just like, what is happening here? And that's why I think people gave him credit. Just because you saw a little bit of that when you don't normally. Just that. I can't believe. You know, it's that feeling that they're a little embarrassed. What could they have done better? You know, they're sad, obviously. They know it's serious. And also, like, I can't believe this is happening. This is – what? what is this? Uh, yeah, this are never – I don't let my players talk at all, and this is what one of my players is doing? Yeah, it's, it's egg on his face on some level. Well, and it's – they're so focused on football, football all the time. That's all they ever say. No distractions. They won't talk about anything off the field. And then here is something that's so much bigger. It's almost like you don't know how to – deal with it how can you fit that into his normal thing which is just football football crass though it may be quickly what do you think does this have any impact on the season for them is there any i I mean obviously you lose a pass catcher but i mean in in terms of mentality is there anything that because i've heard some people say this is going to bring the team to is it i don't know why was it going to bring the team together or drive a wedge i think practically you lose one of your two best pass catchers, that's an issue. But beyond that, any thoughts on it? My big takeaway from Brady's talk with the media today was we're not going to use Aaron Hernandez in this as an excuse. Whenever they brought that up, he said, the people in the locker room decide how this season's going. That's There is no distraction. We're the ones that decide it. That has nothing to do with how we're going to do. You know, the Patriots have done that better than any team. And I don't see why they couldn't do it. It's a huge loss on the field in a season where they, you know, need pass catchers. So I think that can't be ignored. But the Patriots have shown more than any team that you can make do with some weak position groups. Right? Um, yeah. I, I, well, yeah, of course. It's hard to argue with. Their, their cornerbacks a few years ago were terrible. I mean, their entire secondary is a mess, and they still make it to the Super Bowl. Yeah. It's, it's unsatisfying to people who don't root for the Patriots because we consistently say, this is the year they fall back, and it just doesn't seem to make a difference. You and I have talked about that in the past. Um, one thing's for certain, Tom Brady does finish in the Hall of Fame. You're headed to Canton. In a couple of days. This will be your inaugural trip out the camp. Literally. Right? I'm not being inducted into it. No, yeah. No, no, no. You're not getting into, into those Into, like, the broadcaster thing. Yeah. You know, I, you know what I hate is when they call you, those... You, you just did your first podcast. Now you're going into the Broadcasting <laughs> Hall of Fame? Get in line, bub. I'm, I don't like it when they call the Broadcasting Hall of Fame guys Hall of Famers. I mean, you're not really <laughs> Hall of Famers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're you're in a wing there. You got an award, for, but you're not. Maybe you're not. maybe they should just give you like a golden microphone and not a gold jacket to you know somehow create that separation. But yes, I'm going next week. I'm excited. 
Elliot's going as well. Uh, we'll be covering the game all the, all the week. It'll be fun. Yeah, you'll get to see the Dolphins' new uniforms. That's what I'm most excited about. Hall of Fame game, like all preseason games, you get excited. Yes, it's back. Then you watch two plays, and then you sort of realize, yeah, I thought this was the real. It looks like the real thing. It feels like the real thing, but there's something off about it. Tune back in when uh, when it's September for me. But, yes, that'll be a great time and seeing the, the, the great Warren Sapp, among others, get in- inducted there. That reminds me to mention that uh, the latest episode of the sports car where someone jumps in the car with me and we uh, we take a spin around uh, the streets of Los Angeles. Well, Hall of Famer Warren Sapp joined me, my main man, so that's a good time. Be on the lookout for that on NFL.com. Tom Brady is going to the Hall of Fame, a discussion we started Earlier in the week, though, is this we're, we're sort of in an interesting spot, and we've talked a great deal about it this off season. The spread option, the pistol, whatever you want to call it, its emergence and the QBs who run it, and what sort of success we can expect collectively from these guys: Andrew Luck, Ryan Tannehill on the rise. So. This now, it's hard to project, obviously, how many Super Bowls any of those guys are going to win. That takes a lot of speculation. Um, but it does then raise the question. The, the, the thing that we like to say in a vacuum is we, we, we love to announce Andrew Luck, multiple Super Bowls, you know, and, and uh, Colin Kaepernick's not going anywhere. That team is built to be a dynasty, and they will be for the next few years, which assumes a couple of Super Bowls for them as well. Well, then this means, and they only, again, they only hand out one Lombardi every year. So it makes it impossible that that all these guys are going to win multiple Super Bowls, as everyone loves to just shout from the mountaintop, he's the best and he's going to win a bunch. So Tom Brady, let's start with there. This is, and, I, and I'm putting together a little written piece on this and uh, to, to try and rank these things out, who has the, uh, the best chance of getting one. But does Tom Brady ever win a Super Bowl? If I had to say yes or no, then no. You know, when I left the locker room a couple years ago uh, at the Super Bowl and I saw this image, which is horrendous as a Patriots fan, of Tom Brady with his head in his hands sitting outside the locker, I thought, you know, what are the odds that he ever gets that? title probably not that great it's not even that great that he gets back to the super bowl much less he wins it that's what i think peyton manning no i mean i'm gonna say no for most guys because just the odds are against it and how many years do they have left two or three so they have to be that's the point right they have to be the best team one of the two or three years i'd just go with the the odds and the odds say no does peyton manning get into the hall of fame then stop (laughs) (laughs) by the way does eli manning go to the hall of fame yes you think Eli Manning's a Hall of Famer? I don't know if I would vote for him if I had a vote, uh, certainly right away, but I think he will be the type of guy that gets in. Maybe not the first year, maybe not the second, but pretty early on. Yes. yes. Listen, I, the, the correct answer is yes. With the exception of Jim Plunkett, you win two as a quarterback, you go to the Hall of Fame. Sorry to for people out there. He's going to the Hall of Fame, and you may not agree with it. Ben Roethlisberger's going to the Hall of Fame. Ben- but, but Roethlisberger's different. Roethlisberger's been a top-five quarterback most of his career. Oh, Eli no. Manning has not. I know, but people do not generally consider Ben Roethlisberger one of the five best quarterbacks. Well, they should, you over and, his career. You and I do. A lot of people do, but there are a lot of smart people who do who, who exclude him from that group. Most recently, Ron Jaworski did. He put uh, Joe Flacco way ahead of him, which is, which is, to me, a silly thing. But anyway, Ben Roethlisberger, will he win another Super Bowl? I'm going to say yes, because I think he has more years left than the others, 
he plays for a great organization. He'll have more swings at the bat. And as you know, I'm a big Roethlisberger believer. I still think he has that one MVP season left in him. People think he's he's just on the downslope, but I, I still think his prime's going to last a little longer. I think this might be it. This might be the year. I think that Ben Roethlisberger was on track for exactly that, an MVP type of season. Obviously, he wouldn't have beaten out Adrian Peterson and or Peyton Manning, given what uh, their return from injury. But Roethlisberger was having a, a terrific season. That being said, though, he doesn't have a legit number one receiver this season. So... That unless Le'Veon Bell, you know, transforms, and there's a chance that they will turn to power football this year. Probably ain't the year. And Ben Roethlisberger, to me, is a guy who, as effective as he's been, if you expect him to stand in the pocket and sling it and win games consistently, I think he's going to disappoint on that front. He has to have the option to move, and the older he gets, the harder it's going to be for him to be running around back there. There, there is an argument to be made. He'll get worse. Faster. I think people expect that. I expect him to adjust. I think he's gotten smarter as he's gotten older, and he'll still be a top quarterback. So he's one I'd like to win another time. Tony Romo. And he could do it this year. Why are you dogging on the Steelers? I mean, it's a good team. Because I think the Bengals win the I mean, it's personal thought that the Bengals are the best. They're going to win the division. The Ravens are still obviously a relevant team that has a chance to at least contend for the division crown. So, you know, listen, it's, it's a it's – a, Tough road to hoe for that uh, for that Steelers team to overcome the fact that they don't have a tight end. Every other team has one or two, <laughs> has at minimum one good tight end. A lot of them have two. Yeah, Keith Miller for the second half of the year with the playoffs, they'll be fine. Yeah, coming back from knee injury, he's 31. Yes, we can certainly expect him to be gangbusters uh, athletically at the tight end spot there. Yeah, I, just, I, I, you know, I have my doubts about what that offense is capable of, but you know, we'll see if Le'Veon Bell returns them to just being a team that grinds the clock and really uh, you know, re- really pounds you into the ground. But then that assumes the defense is going to rise up and be good, too. They have a lot of questions, too, in the secondary especially. Anyway, what about Tony Romo? No. Never gets a Super Bowl. I mean, he, he's only won one playoff game, and I don't blame that on Romo, but the problem there to me has been the owner, and that's not going to change anytime soon, so no. All right, so no Tony Romo. I don't even think. I mean, it'd be a little bit of a surprise if he ever got to a Super Bowl. Will Michael Vick ever get to a Super Bowl? No. Will he start this season? Yes, but if you're struggling to win jobs over Nick Foles, that means you're you're towards the end of the line, and this is probably his last best chance. What do you think happens with that Eagles team? I think they're going to be a playoff team, which probably I'm going to have to cancel out the rest of the NFC East either because I think that team that division only gets in one and I I like them to kind of surprise people and Vic to play well uh and be the kind of a 10 and 6 wild or you know type of team I like them um all right what can we expect out of the around the league podcast well, we'll actually talk about football, unlike, you know, the Dave Damashek football program. I don't know so. what that's supposed to mean, <laughs> sir. We talk plenty of football here. What have we just done for the last 15 minutes? I'm kidding. Uh, we're going to be more focused, kind of like the site, on the news of the day. A little bit of everything. It'll be a reflection of what's on our site. So a lot of, we're going to be three days a week, so we're going to hit the news of the day, give our analysis, our spin and it'll be a little more, you know, regular and, uh, you know, some mirth uh, thrown in, too, you know. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you can look for it starting right now, correct? Yeah, that's that's the schedule for training camp. Hopefully people listen to it, and then maybe we can convince them to do even more. I think it'd be good. It'll just be 25, 30 minutes. It's not going to be 
uh, too crazy because we got to you know still write about the news, but uh, it should be fun. Yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be perfect. Yes, it's it sounds like the perfect companion to the way the around the league posts go, short to the point, and but but still room for a little bit of mirth always sprinkled in there. Um, all right, Rosenthal, have a good time in Canton. You know what we should do? I said this to you in the hallway the other day. What we should what's a fun thing to do? is to just look at the NFL Network's top 100 players of 2013, and you start going through it and just name whether or not these guys are going to the Hall of Fame. I started to do it last night, as a matter of fact, when I knew you were coming in. And it's funny because the first 20 names are, you know, obviously you have to make some leaps of faith that these guys aren't going to get hurt. But assuming that they don't have devastating injury... They're, the first 19 or 20 names are sort of like, yeah, that guy's definitely going to the really? Hall of Fame. The first one you get. Al- Alden Smith? Joe, well, well, he's on track. He's on, Statistically, his first two seasons. I, I know. I, I, I am assuming a great deal. But even injury-wise, I wouldn't say yes for him, for instance. Because too many things can happen. Well, you're, just not that good. Being, you're just not that good. I'm being glass half full that he's not going to get hurt. But that aside, those the, the sack numbers are hard to argue with. Right, but you know, it doesn't just because he did it for two years doesn't mean he's going to do it for eight or nine. That's all I'm saying. I'd like to see the statistical evidence of a guy who, in his first two years, puts up what does he have thirty three or something sacks in <laughs> his first fair, two years. How many argument. guys have just all of a sudden fallen off the table after coming out of the gate like that? Probably not many, but all you got to do is fall off to you know ten a year or something, and then you know gets interesting. Anyways, well, so yeah, the first few, and then the 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 first name you come to where you where you sort of think, hmm, I wonder if he'll go is Joe Flacco. Then you get further <laughs> down. That is, I mean, that's the first name you get to on the thing. I thought, oh, this will be so compelling to do this with Rosenthal on the podcast. Let's just start naming the name, and then you get, you get ten in. You're like, all right, they're all in. Those guys are all going to the hall. But Alden Smith accepted, but I, I hear what you're saying on him. But you know, you're taking a leap of faith that JJ Watt is gonna be continue is gonna continue to be relatively dominant. But anyway, it's a fun thing. Maybe we could do it. I I think it's a great future podcast. Maybe we could do that on the podcast. Maybe we could do it on the Around the League one. That's right. I'm coming into Studio sixty six and do doing it. it here. Do it. All right, you're welcome. Crossover like- potential. All right, that's what we could do. That's exactly right. Remember when Laverne and Shirley went on happy days? That's before my time. You're an old man. Show me up. What a creep. Black tie, you have anything to contribute here before we kick Rosenthal He definitely Rosenthal doesn't know anything about Laverne and Shirley. Yeah, no, no I do it. know there is a Family Guy and Simpsons crossover episode coming up. So in a couple of months, you can use that as your pop culture reference. If you had gone Melrose Place, Beverly Hills 90210, they did some crossover stuff. Oh, yes. Yeah, let's see. Now, now, we're, uh, now we're on the same page there. All right, Rosenthal, all the best with the podcast. I hope it's, uh, I hope it's successful. Not not uh, more successful than this podcast, but just the same. I hope it does well for you. Um, I'm looking forward to listening to it on a regular basis, especially with football season drawing ever closer. It's coming. It's coming. What are we now? We're uh, we're nearly under 40 days. And then, you know, once once the preseason games are going and everything, then you can then, then it gets in the air. Then then I really start getting excited. College football kicking off soon, too. All right, now listen, now I'm just talking to myself. Have a great time <laughs> in Canton, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Dave. There he goes, the great Greg Rosenthal. Gregor, who has more. Oh, you know what? That was a good one. Real quick, Black Tie, before he goes, before he walks out the door, who do you think has more Twitter followers, Greg Rosenthal or Dave Damashek, Black Tie? Oh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I, I got to go with, because of the daily content he puts out, I got to go with Rosenthal. Boom. I got to go with Rosenthal. Let's find out, though. I'm certain but you're I'm, correct about that. 
And what Let's is it? This. At Greg Rosenthal? Yeah. That's it. At Greg Rosenthal. Two Gs. Yeah, not too many 2G Greg Rosenthal's out there. Three Gs in all. 60% oh, right. G. Yeah. That's, that's my rap name. <laughs> I like that. Black Tie, you should have said me. Don't you see that this is my show for you to predict that Rosenthal has more? Coming after I'm you all, on Twitter. I'm all about, I'm all about just being correct, all right? And it is Greg Rosenthal with 65,000 followers, and Dave, you're about 45,000. All right. Well, what can I do? I'll try, I'll try my best to boost that. All right. So, listen. Around the league. Five days, uh, uh, three days a week. I think I that's a challenge say. to the Czech Republic, guys. And, I mean. of course, 24-7 on, uh, on NFL.com, your pro football news. Yes, that is right. That's a challenge to the Czech Republic. <laughs> Follow Czech, comment on Twitter, and, on iTunes, hashtag DDFP, and get And either unfollow up. or at least berate Greg Rosenthal consistently on Twitter. <laughs> that's what he deserves. You follow Rosenthal in around the league. Just follow Fine, follow everyone. him if you want, but... But berate him at the least. Make it unpleasant for him to go on Twitter. Maybe he'll quit. Then Damashek will be number one. All right, enough. I'm, I, I'm just making noise now. Let's get some fantasy We got to do here. some fantasy talk. All right, here we go. Joining me now in Studio 66, it is the time to start focusing on your fantasy football team. Who better to do that with? Then the Hall of Famer himself, the main man when it comes to fantasy football here at NFL Network and at NFL.com. Check out all his work at NFL.com slash fantasy. And, of course, you can uh, follow along as you prepare online, 11 Pacific. That makes it 2 p.m. Eastern time leading up to the season and your draft and everything else on NFL.com. And then, of course, once the season gets going at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. All that being said, let's just say hello to the man himself. It's the Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano. What's the poop, fella? What's going on, my friend? Oh, nothing, fella. I'm just starting to get into it. You and me and all the fellas, we're, start, we're starting to do our mock drafts yep. of all kinds. We have, and again, NFL.com slash fantasy. You can see the results of our little drafts. They're really not mock drafts because we're, we're following them through rounds one all the way through completion. And now we're going to be soon doing, you can find that on NFL.com very soon, a an auction league, which yep. is a course, as I've said for a couple of years now. That's my preferred way to You love to the things. auction. I love it. And we did a PPR one. I'd never done that before. My team, I think, is pretty good. But anyway... Here's what, and, and before we uh, proceed with uh, some some hardcore fantasy talk, let's say hello to one of the new faces on the fantasy show this year. You probably have read his work over the last year or two. It's Marcus Grant, aka the Professor. What's the poop with you, fellow? I am proud to be on the Dave Damashek Football Program. Sure, sure. Listen, this is. Uh, I mean, look, you've been doing some nice work online, and you've been on television. But I mean, this has got to be the. The high water mark. Of it, your this career. definitely is. I'm just curious about this professor moniker that has been bestowed upon me. I mm-hmm. mean, is this like you know the guy on the Gilligan's Island? Is this Jerry Lewis? I mean, should I tell you to draft Peyton? <laughs> yeah, know, I mean, yeah. do I have to do I have to do that sort of thing? This well, year? I was. I, I'm leaning towards the latter. I mean, I think what it is, uh, I wouldn't necessarily consider it a flattering title that you've been given. I think it's that you're so, a nerd like, in the in the sixth round. <laughs> in the sixth round, you draft Peyton. You know, I think you've been identified thing. as a nerd, and now you must wear that. And I would like you to get some uh, some glasses, bow ties. You know yeah. what? It's been 36 years of being labeled with that. I think I'm all right with it now. All right, fellas, listen. <laughs> let's kibitz. Let's talk about fantasy stuff. And I think the cleanest way we could do this 
is I'd like to do this leading up to everyone's drafts. We're now in late July. I think this probably leads into, if you're smart, you probably don't do your draft until as close to kickoff of the regular season as possible to avoid injuries and any you know positional battles once those things clarify. So hopefully we can help you out here on this podcast. And of course, that's just a, a, a small sprinkling of, uh, of the spice that you can find at NFL.com slash fantasy with Fabiano Grant and the rest of the characters. All right, let's talk about, first of all, AFC East. That's what I want to do. We'll do two divisions with each visit. We'll do AFC East, NFC West today. And let's start it off. How shall we do it, though, fellas? Shall we rank the positions within the division? Positional battles. Shall we say Tom Brady, Ryan Tannehill, Geno Smith slash Mark Sanchez, E.J. Manuel slash Ooh. Kevin Cobb. As we say that's, those, I think we can rule out uh, two of those That's a little teams. ugly right there Yikes. at the quarterback position outside of Tom Brady. Right, well, the, I mean, listen, is it a foregone conclusion, Fabiano, that Tom Brady is the number one QB option in that division better not, than Ryan Tannehill? Not even close as far it's as not I'm close. concerned. It's not close. Uh, Geno Smith and Mark Sanchez, enough said there. Forget Although, that. The professor here does strike a, a resemblance to Geno Smith. I sign autographs as Geno Smith he on does. weekends. That's it, true. Can I interrupt you, though, sure. about Geno Smith? I know it's easy to to turn the Jets into a punchline for obvious reasons. It's a reasons. lot of fun, too. Braylon Edwards and all these, uh, Kellen yeah. Winslow, all these bums that they're, that they're, <laughs> that they're dragging out. But listen, Geno Smith, how much evidence do we need now over the last couple of seasons with we see these rookie QBs come in and if they can run a little bit, that obviously is going to provide some points. I think if you have a deep draft, if you go 18 or 20 rounds in your league, some team, some, some leagues do it that way, I, don't, I think you could do worse than stashing Geno Smith at the back end of your draft. He, he might start in week one, and he might be phenomenal, and he might be the latest in a trend of, of quarterbacks that hit the ground running and so on, and, and maybe he'll be productive. I don't, I wouldn't want my team built around him, but sure. I don't mind him as a wild card. I, but the, the, the question becomes, it's, it's kind of chicken or egg. I mean, are the Jets receivers bad fantasy options because the quarterback play stinks, or does the quarterback play stink because the Jets wide receivers aren't giving you a whole lot? I think it's a mix of both. Well, we don't I think know. there's a lot of stink in, in <laughs> New York for the Jets. Completely agree, but let me just say, another guy, Stephen Hill, is made, who knows, maybe in in year number two, he'll be, he'll turn on, he, he'll validate the second round grade that the Jets gave him last year. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Curley is not a is not a bad guy. I mean, San Antonio Holmes, I mean, that's... We the, don't even know if he's going to be ready for week one. The foot business is the problem for he's him. He's already but on imagine, the PUP list. If he were healthy and ready to go, I would say, yeah, listen, there are worse receiving cores than that one out there. But anyway, so... Uh, go ahead. Brady yeah, uh, the thing v. Hill is what we're really talking about. The, the thing about Brady is that if you look at the course of his career, name me one wide receiver except for Randy Moss who he played with that was a superstar. Okay, Wes Welker, don't give me that he was a superstar in Miami because he wasn't. He was an average uh, to mediocre slot receiver. Comes to New England, Tom Brady is his quarterback. Boom, blows up. You guys That's have great. any other wide receivers? So... Danny Amendola, he's got to stay healthy, of course, but he could be a 100-catch guy, 90-catch guy in that offense. They're going to find someone else in there. Rob Gronkowski is not out for the entire season. He could be back in week one, maybe week two. We'll see what happens. But he will be there. And they've got some veterans in there, like you know, Michael Jenkins is on the roster. They've got Aaron Dobson, the rookie. Um, Kembrell Thompson, who a lot of people are talking about. So you've also got Shane Vereen, who's going to catch the ball to the backfield. Did Brady lose some value in the offseason? He certainly did. Is he still a top-five fantasy quarterback, at least in my opinion? 
Yes, he is. I, I mean, see, that's what I'm getting at. I mean, of course he is a viable starter in any fantasy league. Is he a top five guy? I have my doubts at this point. He's on the borderline now. And I think that they, you know, out of necessity and what we saw emerging last year, they're finally a little bit of a running game. Yeah. I think that they have to lean on that, and I don't know that Tom Brady is capable of ranking at a position where there's so many options that put up big numbers. Mm-hmm. I don't know that Tom Brady ends up in that top five. Again, top 12, absolutely. This can top be five, advantageous no. to drafters, though, because if Brady falls into the fifth round, I I'll, I'll him. take him. Yeah, you definitely grab him. I'll take, I'm not, I don't no want doubt. him in the first four. Professor, no compare him to Ryan Tannehill. Where do you think Ryan Tannehill slots? Who's got the better-looking wife? Ooh, that's a tough call. That's a tough one. That's an that's interesting question. You know, honestly, you know like, I am not as much a fan of Giselle as a lot of other men My, out there. Me like, you know, me So I would have to go he with He made a mistake, did Brady. I contend by getting rid of the... Uh, by the Richard I, Moynihan? I was Richard. watching, you know, I was watching oh, iRobot last week, and I'm like, Oh, you know, gosh. Oh, oh that I Moynihan is that. a fox. I would draft her <laughs> in my <laughs> fantasy Either league. Either way, it was, a, it was a huge upgrade from Tara Reid. He did a good job there. He was with Tara Reid? Way back when. Way back when Drew... Really? Tom Brady when Drew was Bledsoe, with Tara Reid? Yes, when, when Drew Bledsoe was still a thing, uh, uh, Tom Brady was actually dating Tara This Reed must have been before Sharknado. Way before Sharknado. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Yes. Talk about Ryan Tannehill. What do you think about it? Where do you project him realistically? Uh, I mean, Ryan Tannehill, he might creep into to being a number two quarterback. And I think creep I'll, into a number two? Possibly. Wow. Possibly. Wow. And a lot of that depends on, I think, what happens in camp between he and Mike Wallace. The early returns haven't been great. Uh, yeah, there's been a lot of talk of him overthrowing Wallace, the two of them not connecting. But, you know... He he is a dark horse as a sleeper this year. I mean, he's got some wide receiver help. I mean, along with Wallace, they they still have Brian Hartline. A lot of people like what Lamar Miller has to offer in that backfield. And if, if they can get some semblance of an offense together, then I think a lot of people start to look at Ryan Tannehill. But I think he's definitely squarely in the sleeper category. No, nobody's fighting anybody else to get Ryan Tannehill huh. right I, You know, I, I kind of disagree with you on that. I think Tannehill is a guy, like I say, who can run around a little bit. That's obviously pretty valuable to have that going for you. And I refer to their in-state compatriots there, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is one of the things I always sort sort of point to. The the benefit of Mike Wallace getting to Miami is Brian Hartline now is slotted where he should be naturally. When you look at – when Brian Hartline is expected to be your number one guy, you're going to suffer. Similarly, I think the Steelers are in a little bit of trouble looking at Antonio Brown now as a number one. When you can slot a guy where he belongs as the second receiver – and you have a legitimate star. Look what happened in Chicago last year with Brandon Marshall and the guys underneath that. Mike Williams in Tampa – got back to where he was in his rookie season because you placed a legit number one there in Vincent Jackson there. I think that Heartline is a is a interesting option. Oh, you talk for about it. those number two guys. It's the and I'm I'm blanking. Phillips Fabs helped me. The the mm-hmm. number two receiver for the Cowboys back when Michael Irvin was playing, who left and went Alvin to Harper. Alvin Harper. Right. It's the Alvin Harper syndrome, who was a great number right. two and when he went out to be a number one just fell on his face. The one thing about the Dolphins receivers and I like to look at trends, Dave, you got you, you know I, I love looking at trends. Since Dan Marino retired, which was, what, 99, I think it was, the Dolphins have had only three receivers go over 1,000 yards. Only three. Let's see if you can name them. Three receivers over a grand. Boy, oh, boy. Yeah, that's OJ not McDuffie. cool to throw it at. O.J. No, McDuffie no, did, had some nice with years Marino. with Marino. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I thought about McDuffie. Um, boy, Dolphins receivers in the 21st century. <laughs> go ahead. Just lay it on me. Well, Brandon Marshall. 
Oh, of course. Is one, okay. but he didn't score a lot of touchdowns. Uh, Brian Hartline last year had just over 1,000. I think he had one touchdown. And Chris Chambers. And Chris Chambers is ah. the only guy who scored at least six touchdowns and had 1,000 yards in the same season on that team. So I'm actually a little bit down on my What quality. trend? But I'm okay, that, that's a crazy I, trend. That's, know, that's, not a, a trend. <laughs> that's not a it's trend. Just like that's just trend something of, that... That's, it's like the trend of USC producing lousy oh, wide receivers. Yeah, no, 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 no. That's a fluke. <laughs> there's no <laughs> That's way. Not a fluke. There's a fluke no is way. Like one or two. There's a ton of bad wide receivers. Joe Philbin's organization has nothing to do with what happened 12 years ago. But there's an interesting I point that, that you make. But, but it's a, it, I, I like to look at trends. I, I, for the record, I am not taking Mike Wallace though, unless he. I'd rather have him as a three than any, as a two. Right. That's okay. For sure. So he's the next subject. So do you like Mike Wallace? Or Danny um, Amendola better? I start with you, Professor. Amendola. Just just hmm. because of who's slinging the ball to him. I mean, in, in that offense, they will find ways to use him. And I know everybody's looking at Amendola and thinking Wes Welker, but he's really more than a slot receiver. He's a guy who played the outside in St. Louis. He can move around to the slot. He can move outside. They'll find creative ways to get him the football. And I just think with Tom Brady knowing how to get guys the football, I think he's a better option. All right, we'll get to the running backs, but now that we're on these wide receivers, let's stick with them. Mm-hmm. What do we think about Stevie Johnson? Is he the best is he better than either of the two aforementioned wideouts? No, Steve Johnson is what he is. He's going to catch 70 to 75 passes. He's going to have just over 1,000 yards, and he's going to score six to eight touchdowns. That's what Stevie Johnson is. Is this the worst division for fantasy? It kind of uh, feels that way. If you think about way. it, the, the Bills have Spiller and, and right. Stevie Johnson. You know, Other than that, Mm, Fred Jackson, you know that, that not too much there. Uh, the AFC South is pretty bad now. That the I'm, AFC I'm South, the, the AFC it. South is pretty bad. It's pretty but lousy. I mean, the Jets have nothing except for Chris Ivory. Nothing. I wouldn't want to touch any Jet uh, except well, for Chris Ivory. In I pointed draft. out Stephen Hill is worth a flyer late as well. I, I, right, I, but uh, he's, he's you know he's he's a flyer. That's what he is. That you're you're. I'm, I'm talking about guys who you're going to draft. They're going to be starting on your fantasy team. They're going to be playing yeah. prominent roles. You don't have that. You know you don't have that at all. Miami. I love Lamar Miller. Uh, Tannehill is going to be a two. Wallace is going to be a risk-reward two or three. Dustin Keller, do we believe in him after the last couple of years and him not producing and being injury-prone uh, with the New York Jets? And, and even the Patriots, right? I mean, Brady, okay, Brady's Brady. Ridley, is he going to be able to do what he did again last year? I like uh, Stephen Ridley this year. Sean, uh, Shane Vereen is, right, is well, a nice I, I wanna, let, Let's just round off the wide receivers. Is yeah. there anyone worth mentioning that, you, that you're targeting, whether he's a deep sleeper, is there a guy within the division that uh, you're definitely avoiding, a.k.a. Mike Wallace, unless he falls late to you? Mm-hmm. Deep sleepers, I, I, think, I think USC wide receiver Robert Woods oh, is going to make Fabiano eat his words about I the wideouts. not worried South at all. I, I like Robert Woods. I mean, he's a good route runner. He's Who's got the quarterback good hands. there? Buffalo? Uh, oh, that's right. Kevin Cobb. Oh, and EJ Manuel. Or EJ Manuel. But uh, I, I do like Robert Woods as a deep sleeper. Maybe year. shouldn't have been a first-round pick, but that's another discussion. <laughs> I yeah yeah it, 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 and no other Patriot receiver with the the way Brady has has been slinging it Can around. You name another Patriot receiver? There's, yeah, uh, well, I mean, you're not going to draft Michael Jenkins. You're not going to draft Aaron Dobson. You're not going to draft Kimbrell Thompson. Um, there, there's there's not a whole lot to like there. Uh, maybe Julian Edelman. Maybe in the late rounds, Julian Edelman. Remember, they utilized Julian Edelman in Wes Welker's role last year when something was going on, and <laughs> Welker made somebody mad. I don't know, but they pulled him out of games. So maybe Edelman, but uh, to me, the, the the second most valuable receiver on that team is Vereen, and we're keeping Gronkowski out of it. People are going to draft Vereen way before they draft anybody not named Danny Amendola, who's a wide receiver for the Patriots. 
Boy, oh boy, yeah. Things are kind of kind of bleak kind in of fantasy terms. But I think the highlight of this division uh, from the fantasy perspective is at the running back spot, C.J. Spiller. The clear-cut number one, Professor? Um, Yeah, I would say he's the clear-cut number one. I mean, I'm thinking about this. I would say that of the divisions, this might be the deepest running back division in it's interesting, fantasy. Yeah. Right? I mean, because you've got C.J. Spiller, who right. as long as Doug Marone and that offense is smart, they're just going to feed him the ball as much as possible. He's their most productive option. But, I mean, you look, uh, you know, Fred Jackson. Well, he's not a 300-touch guy, He's not though. a 300-touch guy. But Fred Jackson ends up being a really good handcuff to C.J. Spiller, yeah, if that's who you draft. We talked about the guys in New England with Stephen Ridley and Shane Vereen there. I mean, Chris Ivory, I know, is a guy that, that Fabs loves this year. Um, you know, even Lamar Miller down there in Miami. So every team in this division has a quality running back prospect. Fabiano, um, but we're definitely taking C.J. Spiller at right. the back end of the first round, correct? He, he he may That's even go in goes. the middle of the first round. Where about where? Don't go past. He's not going to go in the top five. But he is. But I, he, I, he's I, gonna I, go, I think he's. If you're in a 12 team league, he's got to be oh, off the board by the oh, end of that round. No Easily. doubt. No doubt about Easily. that. What about Stephen Ridley? Round two. Round two. Round three. Uh, I would guess round two in a 12 team league. Maybe he slips in a round three in a 10 team league. Uh, 12 touchdowns last year, over a thousand yards on a team that's going to continue to run the football now because, as we've been saying, they really don't have a lot of options in the passing game uh, that we know of that are reliable. So I don't know that he's going to score 12 touchdowns. I, if a guy has his first big year, I, I tend to think, well, you know what, I'm going to temper my expectations a little bit in a case uh, like a Stephen Ridley. But Shane Vereen, again, is, is a guy who's going to be uh, that sleeper, especially in PPR. I agree it, it, Danny with Woodhead last year, Dave, was in the top 25 in fantasy points among running backs in both standard and PPR leagues. He So Vereen is going to take over that role. He could catch 40, 50 passes this season. That's why I don't like to touch those Patriots as a rule. But that, those guys, you never know how they're going to be deployed in a given week, a given season. We know Stephen Ridley's the man now from 2012. Ergo, right. Belichick's going to pull is going to throw the curveball and make it. That's the, the name right there. When we talked about Shanahanigans, I mean, I came up with the term Bellatrix because you have yeah. to remember Bill Belichick hates your football team. This is a guy who would get down inside the five yard line and throw passes to. Linebackers, so right. you know, Mike Vrabel's catching touchdown right. passes every year. I mean, that's that's how much of a wild. Card and don't he you is. think so? To me, I know everybody's getting very excited about Lamar Miller with Miami. He's promising big numbers, of course, and uh, the team seems to be focused on him. But what about the Daniel Thomas factor? Is that is that something? To me, I could see them go into the hammer when they get inside the 10-yard line, taking away those valuable touchdowns from you. Lamar Miller might have a, uh, have a nice year, but I don't necessarily consider him – I certainly don't consider him a number one, and I can feel that there's there's something in the air that tells me a lot of people are getting overly excited you about him You can get right him now. as a three. Right now, his ADP on well, NFL.com true, is around six. And if you have the strategy that I have – I'm not touching a quarterback in those first six rounds, so I'm getting. Right. I'm going to have probably three running backs and three wide receivers at that point, or three running backs, two wide receivers, and a tight end. Lamar Miller has everything going for him. Featured back, uh, Miami, Florida pedigree. A lot of good running backs come out of the U. Mm-hmm. Frank Gore compared him to Clint Portis, uh, speed and just his athletic skill set. He's got the easiest schedule among running backs based on fantasy points, and. You know, he's a young guy. There's no wear and tear on this kid at all. He didn't carry more the ball than much any other position. That's what you want. You want the, so, the you want these guys nice and fresh. Nice and, and fresh. Right. And, and I and I wrote this uh, in my my beginners column for fantasy owners. You want to go after upside. You know, I people get like 
all caught up in names. You know, like when Chad Johnson was with the with the, the Patriots. Oh, Chad Johnson, and now he's having Tom Brady throwing the football, and his value is going right through the roof. He stunk. Somebody, he yeah, stunk. So, somebody in your league you in twenty thirteen go is, is going to take Michael Turner, even if he's not <laughs> right. On the exactly. <laughs> you have always to go with upside. Cycle. No yeah. doubt about it. Like Randy Moss didn't deserve to be drafted in fantasy leagues last year. He still got picked up in some leagues because of his name value. And then, lastly, what about then, Professor? Talk about Chris Ivory, another guy who people are getting very excited about and ignoring the fact that it's going to be the Jets offense that he's a part of. It is going to be the Jets offense, but I, I think this is the year that Rex gets back to ground and pound. So he's going to have plenty of opportunities. The one caution I would have about Chris Ivory this year is sample size. And everybody yes. talks about his yards per carry average, and it looks fantastic. It, you know, it's over five, but he was in a situation in New Orleans where he was fighting for carries. So, the, you know, it, it's just a matter of whether he can hold up to the rigors of a 16-game schedule. But in terms of getting the football, he's going to get plenty of chances to run it. He may get plenty of chances to run it down even near the goal line. But, you know, just just don't bank on this guy to carry your fantasy. Let me, let me give you a, a, a few nuggets here, though. Sean Green, would would we would we all agree that Sean Green is not as good uh, a running back as Chris Ivory athletically? But they're very different kind of running backs. One's a, a big back who can handle twenty carries week in and week mm-hmm. out. I don't buy the Chris Ivory okay. until I see it. I don't buy the Chris Ivory's a guy. Who but can, can do we that. agree that athletically this kid has more of course, upside? Yeah, he's a burner. Sean Green finished fifteenth in fantasy points among running backs last year in basically the same offense. Okay, he was inconsistent as heck. He drove you crazy, but. 15th in fantasy points among runners. So he's he's a mid-level two in the 10-team league. Chris Ivory has the potential to be better. He has the potential to be right outside of that top 10. Mm. He's going to see goal line work. Mike Goodson, we assume he's going to continue to be with the team after his off-field we'll, we'll shenanigans. See. But, I mean, I mean, they don't have anybody else back there. You know, Bilal Powell, Joe McKnight, come on. Um, another USC guy. I knew, I knew so, it was coming. Chris Ivory has a chance to see 275 to 300 carries as long as it'll hold up. That is the that is one caveat, and you guys have mentioned it. He he tends to get a little bit nicked up, but I see him as a poor man's Marshawn Lynch, and in an offense where they're going to run the football, even though the rest of the offense is kind of lousy, it was kind of lousy boy, last oh year, too. I, I mean, again, another name. You throw out a, a poor man's Marshawn Lynch. I mean, Marshawn Lynch is, they call him The same and everything kind else. of running style. The same kind of player, just not as good. Not at that level. Oh, he doesn't have that size. By the Marshawn way, Lynch is a monster by the way, of a so, human being. So Superman and Batman are coming out in 2015. I think you should play the role of the Dark Knight. Ooh, I really think you should. Do you, Bruce Wayne? <laughs> I tweeted this out. I, and I tweeted that. this out, and there was radio silence from Dave Damashek. I said Damashek should be Bruce Wayne. I, I really do. You did. You and started I, an online campaign. And for I know me? I totally went off the well, off the rails here, going from the Patriots and the Jets to the new Batman I Superman movie. I appreciate. But it. Dave Damashek as Bruce Wayne. What do you think? At Gotham, Metropolis. They're all. I do you a know, pretty good New Batman. York. It all works, right? What do you think? Gotham deserves a hero. <laughs> that's, 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 how, that's it's honestly better than your Bane impersonation. That how what dare you, you, sir? <laughs> Don't you dare do that to me. Let's see. Hey, listen, fella, I'm Batman. <laughs> I love it. Oh, here we go. I think I think we, we may have a Bane impersonation coming. You can't right, do this Marcus. if you're going to go after the Bruce Wayne role. Yeah, well, no, I know, but it's unfortunate. <laughs> it would be a sad irony for the world to not get to see my, me do my Bane like my, my Bane goes like this, like. I was wondering what would break first, your spirit or your body. 
<laughs> now you have my permission to die. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Anywho, all right. Oh, so man. we've so let's just real quick. Spiller one. We're gonna say Ridley two. Yeah. Or Miller. So uh, but, Ridley uh, two. Ridley is a second to third rounder. Lamar Miller, you're saying you can get as fifth late as the sixth. fifth or sixth. That's surprising. Now that seems like there's some value there. Ivory's, I just don't like reaching on Ivory's him. four or five. Ivory before Miller. Really? Mm-hmm. You agree with that? I would, but you know they're they're kind of three and three a. I you know I don't know if there's any merit to my philosophy. I don't like running backs on bum teams. I just I, I feel like there are too many weeks. So where wait, so be you down, wouldn't draft Trent be, Richardson? You wouldn't draft Trent Richardson. What about Doug Martin? I don't know how bad they're going to be, and I definitely don't know that the Buccaneers are going to be lousy. Okay, well, I think I mean, last the year Jets are going to be ab- team. are going to be abjectly bad. I think the Jets, and so I I don't want a guy who is going to find himself on a team where that's down a couple of touchdowns at the half, and then they're going to just have to abandon giving them the ball. I I, I I'm uncomfortable with that. Okay. Um, all right, so let's do the tight ends quickly in the division. I like Gronkowski. Um, to I you know, listen, all the injuries, all the questions about what's happening at that position for the Patriots, their pass catchers, and everything else. But Rob Gronkowski has been so enormously productive compared to the other guys at his position. Right? How can how can he not? I mean, he's clearly the number one in the division there. But I I feel like you know I, we we did the PPR draft the other day. He fell to me in the fifth round. I right. feel like that's a steal, and I right. think we're going to see some of that. Unless there's some evidence in preseason, oh yeah, he's fine. He's ready to go. If I, I think he's a real steal, if you can get him down low, like in the fifth round, he, he might be the biggest risk reward player in all of fantasy football this year um, because of his value and the fact that you may get very little from him depending on how he recovers from what is it four or five forearm surgeries and a back surgery. Oh, not to mention his back back issues go back to, to Arizona. His back issues kept him from being a first round pick. Uh, in, in the NFL draft several years ago, so, but I think in the fifth round, that's where you say, you know what, I'm taking a chance on this guy because he is, for all intents and purposes, their best fantasy receiver. When when he's healthy, he is the best guy out there. It's it's him, and then it's Amendola. But we have to worry about these injuries that he's coming back from and the surgeries. Uh, we'll see how tough this guy is, and uh, and hopefully for the sake of fantasy owners, he can come out there if not in week one or week two, very close after that, and, and put up some pretty good numbers. Yeah, beyond, beyond the beyond that, I think the rest of the tight ends in the division, you can just you know reach your name in a hat. You don't want Jeff Cumberland, and, uh, you know, I pull out a name. I, you know what? I do <laughs> you know? like Fabiano mentioned him earlier. I do like Dustin Keller. As a matter of fact, he's mm-hmm. an athletic guy. Let's let's uh, optimistically say that his. Inconsistency, you know, injuries aside, is inconsistency can be attributed to uh, Mark Sanchez throwing him the ball. This is an athletic guy at a position that he can run down the middle of the field based on the rules. I think Dustin Keller is a decent guy. And I believe he's in a contract year. He only got a one-year deal, so he'll be playing for pay. All right, let's go to the NFC West now. I think most people look at it as arguably the toughest division. In the NFL, Isn't that for amazing? 2013. Isn't yeah, that it is. I mean, you know, people make their jokes. I mean, remember, it wasn't very long ago. Seven and nine, oh, terrible. one. Terrible. The, NFC the worst Niners were terrible. While. The Rams are terrible. Seattle. Yeah, it's remarkable. Unreal. But as a side note, the NFC South. Don't sleep on that. If the Panthers are okay, and I think they're going to be at least that. Um, I think that that division. You mentioned the Buccaneers. I, I think that might be a sleeper as your toughest division there. Plus with the Falcons and Saints. But anyway, we're talking NFC West now. Colin Kaepernick, Russell Wilson, 
Who is the better option? I start with you, Professor. Colin Kaepernick. Um, and, and it's close. It's certainly close. But I think Kaepernick is maybe the more polished of the two. And I think overall uh, he's a, a, a more dynamic talent. I mean, Wilson is a guy who's mobile, who can run. But I don't know that being a running guy is necessarily part of his game that part of makes him a threat mm-hmm. it's something he can do but for Colin Kaepernick you wonder on every play is he going to tuck the ball and take off with it can he throw it he's got that rocket arm I mean I don't know if you saw that first pitch he threw out at the Giants game I think he threw it up there like 88 miles an hour I used to be a pitcher. first pitch yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I like Kaepernick uh, by, a, by a head in that one hey I'm Russell Wilson and I throw a sexy deep ball. All right. Thank you for the <laughs> input, Russell. That's fine. Listen, Russell Wilson does have the better pass catchers at this point. No I mean, doubt unless about Michael it. Crabtree is terri- you know, is is ready to go from week one. Fabiano, what do you think about I mean, first of all, I know that we now we you and I have sort of been in lockstep on this. Three years ago, we we said ah, you wait on a QB. Then you and uh, you and I both sort of said, you know what? I think I'm going to go up and get a QB. And now we're back to our traditional yeah. point of view, which is wait on QBs. The position is rich mm-hmm. instead. Uh, but Colin Kaepernick, where do you slot him among the position? Where does he finish? Right now, I have him seventh. At the position, and uh, if I knew Robert Griffin III was playing in preseason games and was going to be 100% in week one, I'd move Griffin uh, ahead of him. But I like Kaepernick. You guys know I wore a Kaepernick jersey that was 10 times too big for me on NFL <laughs> Fantasy Live last year. Once he got that job, I said, this kid's going to break out. He was my Tim Tebow of 2012. He lost a little bit of his luster to me when Michael Crabtree got hurt in OTAs. Mm-hmm. And who knows when Crabtree's coming back, if he comes back, and if he comes back late, is he going to be the same guy? I mean, Achilles injury for a wide receiver who's got to run and cut. There, there's all kinds of question marks there. But Marcus hit it on the head. He is a rushing quarterback. He can give you 800 rushing yards and six to eight rushing touchdowns. And think of it this way, and I always like to use this analogy. Remember a few years ago when I was on Tim Tebow? First, you were on Tim Tebow, then you jumped off and I jumped on. And Tebow had a 45% uh, completion rate. He was terrible, but... He ran the football effectively. I know, because I'm a fantasy snob. I told you he would be good. (laughs) Kaepernick, rocket arm, much more accurate than Tim Tebow has ever been or ever wishes to be. And he can run the ball just as effectively, if not more effectively. So... Kaepernick is a guy who's going to be a top 10 fantasy quarterback. Again, I think I would have potentially put him ahead of Tom Brady if he had Michael Crabtree. But because he doesn't have Crabtree, uh, I've got him behind Brady and I've got him behind Andrew Luck, who we can talk about on on another show uh, when we talk about the AFC South. He is the next Aaron Rodgers. He is this year's Matt Ryan and this year's Matthew Stafford, circa 2011 for me. I love Andrew Luck. Well, I'll tell you, you know, like I say, we're, we're you know, we wait on QBs and you look at this division as an example as why you should do that because Kaepernick or Russell Wilson, you can, I think either way, you're going to be in good shape there. Percy Harvin now being injected into that Seahawks offense, along with, by the way, and we'll get to the wide receivers, but Sidney Rice to me is a guy who, when he is healthy, which is which is very rare when he's healthy, but when he is, he performs like a number one wide receiver. Look at the year he had. Now it's way in the rearview mirror, but look at the one year he had when he was right with Brett Favre on that good Vikings team, how good he was, and there were some flashes in the second half of last season where he really started to turn it on there. Imagine now you have a number one wide receiver in Rice, 
and then you put Percy Harvin out there with him. I mean, that's going to be a, a dynamite duo. So Russell Wilson can hardly fail, I almost feel like, especially playing behind that offensive yeah. line. And you've got Golden Tate still there, and you got Doug Baldwin still there, Zach Miller at tight end who, who came on a little bit towards the end of the season. At the very late, yeah, I don't got, know. He yeah. has got a multitude of weapons in that passing game. The, the, the only thing that can that, that, that can help uh, or can hurt Russell Wilson is Russell Wilson, to yeah. be quite honest with I you. I agree with you, and there's that uh, that second-year regression that's hard to argue against. But again, you talk about sample size, Professor, and um, to me it's it's such a, a recent thing. You know, it's, it, it's, it, it's a new phenomenon that rookie QBs and young QBs even get a chance to start games. People point to the – listen – it's 20th century thinking to say that a rookie QB can't come in and immediately uh, uh, be gangbusters, and as a result, so these these the second half, reg- I mean, the second year regression thing is sort of a questionable thing to me because how much how many guys have even been in that position until 10 years ago? You never saw it. What do you think though about Sam Bradford, this guy who is in a weird position, which is the ought four draft produces Roethlisberger, Eli Rivers, and they you know sort of set the world on fire. And then you jump ahead to Cam Newton and then the the running and throwing QBs. In between there, the first overall pick, Sam Bradford, validated all the promise that people thought when he's coming out of Oklahoma with the Heisman Trophy and everything else. Has a good rookie season, but then injuries and just pure lack of talent around him has, has sort of made him a forgotten guy. I say, I don't make him my number one QB, but I think this is an interesting guy to take as your number two. Do you like him better than Carson Palmer? I do not like him better than Carson Palmer. Hmm. Um, I I think, though, this is a make-or-break year for Sam Bradford. This is his opportunity to show that that what he did as a rookie wasn't necessarily necessarily a fluke that that wasn't an outlier year for him. I mean, they added Tavon Austin. Um, you know, they've they've given him help at the wide receiver spot. Uh, you know, they, they've moved Stephen Jackson out, and they're trying a, a new younger uh, running back core with Daryl Richardson and Isaiah Pede. Uh, you know, they've they've tried to build this thing around him as much as possible. And I and I, I hear the talk that. In a lot of ways, this will be kind of like Saints light, that they're going to have a bunch of wide receivers, maybe not one who catches 70 or 80 passes, but a whole bunch of guys who catch 40 or 50 passes. They're going to spread it around. They're going to try to make this thing as easy for Sam Bradford as possible. And so uh, he's another risk-reward guy. I mean, you can take a chance on him, make him your number two quarterback, and if things work out the way everybody hopes in St. Louis, you've got a really good quarterback on your hands. But if not, I think this is the last year we really talk about Sam Bradford as being a legitimate fantasy quarterback. Agreed. They've given him the weapons and it seems like that's a shift philosophically with these offenses it's about playmakers it doesn't matter where uh, this doesn't help you in fantasy in fact it makes it a tougher thing to figure out who you want but from a quarterback standpoint you want the guy that has is surrounded by the so-called playmaker Pede is that Tavon Austin is that I think that it's an interesting city plus you have those two tight ends now to really hammer the middle of the field Lance Kendricks um, you know was considered a decent sleeper option now you have Jared Cook there. You wonder what Jeff Fisher is going to be able to make with uh, with that uh, you know that bevy of weapons now in Sam Bradford. But all right, let's not spend too much time on the number two QB. Let's talk about the running backs. 
clearly to me, Marshawn Lynch, gangbusters, dynamite runner, has to be to me no less, uh, no 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 lower than the fourth or fifth running back. Fabiano taken, yeah, fourth or ha- fourth, fourth, fourth or fifth. I have him. Taken, I have him third uh, at running back. So yeah, definitely top five. I mean, his fantasy points have gone up in each of the last three years. And if you thought that 2011 was a fluke, which I was a little bit concerned about, he proved that, no, it wasn't a fluke. I am this good. And uh, he's uh, he's fantastic. If you draft him, send a lot of Skittles there to the North, do you great think, Northwest. Do you think, when does the Frank Gore regression begin? This is ridiculous. We've been already. waiting for it for two years. What's but this is the year he's 30. This is you, the year he's 30. What's funny about that is, though, too, is that Frank Gore, all the way back to his Miami days, his early day, in his freshman year, he starts getting knee injuries, and that was the, oh, this guy, this Frank Gore, if you ever could see this guy play, he'll be ter- he'd be terrific, <laughs> he'd be terrific. Oh, Willis McGahee, if it hadn't been for Frank Gore's injury, this, all this and now all of a sudden Frank Gore is the man for the last yeah. uh, few years. It's remarkable. Yeah. But anyway, you, you expect regression this year. I I wouldn't be surprised. I'm waiting for it to happen. It hasn't happened for the last couple of years like we thought it would. But you're not going to draft Gore as your one. He's going to be somewhere in the third, fourth, fifth round as your two. He probably won't last to the fifth round. I would probably say third oh, or fourth I'd be round. Stunned if he could make I, it I, I think third or fourth round for Frank Gore. And um, we still haven't seen any of the secondary running backs come in and make an, a real dent into his backfield touches. No, I don't think it's going to happen this year. I think in our PPR draft, I got him in the fourth round as a flex option, which I was thrilled about. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think this is – if there's ever a year – you know, I, I don't think the regression happens this year. I think you may see it next year. I think this may be the last real solid year for Frank Gore as a producer because then you're going to start to see Kendall Hunter or the Michael James or even Marcus Lattimore. I mean, they drafted yeah. him with the idea that they're going to sit him out all of this year, let him rehab his knee injury, and then start to work him in. So I think you know time is starting to run out on Frank Gore as being the main option there in San Francisco. But I think this year you can still rely on him to be a quality producer. Yeah, Lattimore like is a big dynasty guy. Guy, yeah. A big dynasty league guy. I, I, yeah, I lo- I'm rooting for that guy, and he's uh, he's dynamite too. And uh, yeah, perfect spot for him with Frank Gore, the guy who we talk about with all the knee injuries in his early part of his career. Maybe turns it out. Watch out for that Lamichael James, though. Not as a fantasy option, but watch out for him putting a dent in Frank Gore's value. He could be I, the next Jacquez Rogers. I mean, I think that's how yes. he will end up being used yeah. in that sort of role. Do you like uh, any value with Richard Mendenhall? You know what. Arians likes to have a featured back, and has he likes to, and he has the ties from Pittsburgh. Made, uh, uh, yeah, made Mendenhall so look plenty good. Mendenhall's probably going to be the only Cardinals running back drafted in most leagues. Some people late might take Ryan Williams. I don't really think you want to take a chance on uh, you know Andre Ellington or, or Stephon Taylor. I think neither one of those guys. And, and Mendenhall's in a, in a contract year for all intents and purposes. He only signed a one year deal. He's only twenty six, so he's not like an old running back. And he he was a first round pick with the Steelers from a fantasy perspective after he had uh, that that one big year. So is there a little bit of potential there for Mendenhall? Yeah, I mean he's risk reward though. He's a guy that you're going to draft as your three. You don't want him as your two. God forbid. I was going to say and three or four. Exactly. If you get him as your fourth running back. If you get him I think, you're gonna, four, I think right. he's going to be a steal you're for good you. There, yeah. I think he's going to be in no good. doubt about it. So we'll, we'll see what happens. And the Cardinals' offensive line should be better. I mean they added Jonathan Cooper in the in the draft. So. We'll see what happens, but Mendenhall, again, and this is this is all where you're going to find success in fantasy. You want to get guys at the at the at the spot in drafts where they're going to be the best value. So, is Aaron Rodgers in the first round a better value than Andrew Luck in the sixth? Heck no. Marshawn Lynch is he is he a better value in round one or say someone, for example, like Lamar Miller falls to round six? 
who's the better value? You know, you're always looking for value, uh, regardless uh, regardless of the position. So, Professor, where do you put um, Larry Fitzgerald? Where are you drafting him? Clearly, I would say even with the now inclusion of Percy Harvin, and we'll see with Michael Crabtree and the other names out there. I to me, Larry Fitzgerald is is clearly everybody's on board with him returning to being the best receiver in the division. Well, nobody ever doubted that, but from a pro- productivity standpoint, Larry Fitzgerald, what do you think, uh, where were you going to draft him this year? I mean, I think he, right now he's coming off the board in the third round, and I, I think that's about right. I mean, if, if he had a theme song, it'd be Bob Marley's Redemption Song. I mean, this is his chance <laughs> to bounce back. You know, he, After that awful quartet of quarterbacks they had last year in Arizona, now Carson Palmer is, is in there and throwing the ball to him, and they're lining him up in different spots, trying to make it hard for the defense to find him and key on him and so I think Larry Fitzgerald goes back to being the Larry Fitzgerald that we all fell in love with so many years ago how about Percy Harvin Fabs thousand yard potential uh could potentially give you a couple hundred yards rushing uh they're going to utilize him based on his skill set and he's really versatile uh I have him in the top 10 at wide receiver Mm -hmm. so I think he's coming off the board somewhere in the second round, third round, at the very latest, the very. Do you latest. think Anquan Bolden has any value? Oh, he does as as like, what? as a four or five. As a four, as your number. Four as a four or five. Receiver, People have to remember that. that he hasn't had a thousand yard season in three years. Ever since he left Arizona, he was a good football right. player in Baltimore, and clearly put up some pretty good numbers in route to the Ravens winning the Super Bowl last season. But he's not he's not a, a good fantasy player anymore. He's he's mediocre at best. And great, you, yeah, great hear, real football players right. you saw through the playoffs. Sure, not a good. Fantasy I would say option. his Don't biggest complain. value, his biggest value fantasy wise, is probably as a red zone target, just because he's still big and strong and can muscle defensive back when you get right. to the end zone. But you're not going to want to be starting him as your three week in and week. Do you out. like Tavon Austin, Professor? Uh, I like him as a sleeper, but it, the more I see and hear about what the Rams want to do, the less, overvalued the less drafts, I though. like him. Agreed, I yes. wouldn't take him until like round eight, round nine. If he's going before that, let somebody else have him. Michael Floyd. I kind of like at the back end of a draft yes. as usual. Yes, Maybe good if he deep could sleeper. Be, yeah, like a, a, a number six wide receiver. I typically type don't there. like Notre Dame offensive skill position players. No, who indeed. Drafted. No, that's a valid but, one. But but I'll take a late round flyer on him. Yeah, a guy who can push the ball down. That the trend field is valid. Yeah. I know. But Give I, I know, me I, the last I time I just, a no, Notre I just, Dame I player at, on the offensive true. side of the football who was drafted. Okay. No, 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 I'm not that. I laugh because you say Michael Floyd and you said Golden Tate earlier. I'm just, you know who's going to be saying. good. You know who's going to be good. <laughs> well, no, Mark. because that because that's another addition to a good pass attack. Tyler for Eifert is going to have a is is going to be a good uh, is going to be a good weapon. Watch out, that's Tony Rice. He's going to do something right, this, year. this year. Lastly, then let's just talk about the tight ends. I always, I mean, for two years now, I have touted Vernon Davis. Yeah. People always say you Gronkowski. are a Vernon Davis backer. Well, people always say Jimmy Graham and Rob Gronkowski. That's the two. Those are the two. No, no. I say it's a holy triumvirate at tight end. You but must Vernon include Davis Vernon Davis. Stunk last year. He, he stunk, Dave. He was at the point where people were dropping struggles. him. I know. He had some troubles last year. But I, I don't do, trust him. Especially with Michael Crabtree. And here's the thing. Vernon Davis, it, it, it's he's not Mark Lemke of the Atlanta Braves at second <laughs> base in the 90s. He is a, a, a dominant tight end, a great athlete, among maybe, and maybe he's the best athlete at the position. And, you know, given his size and strength and everything else, sometimes it's required for him to serve as a sledgehammer blocker. But in the postseasons, 
the last two, he has been nothing short of the best player, the best pass catcher. But at unfortunately, least that the Niners have. You put your fantasy season's over already, and he already I get it, but you. that doesn't make any sense. There's no logic to it. It's just that's just circumstantial. They I, happen to use him as a weapon in the postseason. The bottom line this year is he can be very productive. He puts up those two touchdown weeks for you. He's, he's a, a, he's great a tight end one in fantasy, but if the position were deeper, he would be a borderline one or two. I mean, that's just the, the last two. So, what years, round are you drafting? The last. Him? I don't want to touch a tight end probably until seventh or eighth round. Yeah, Somewhere around there, man. I, I'm, I'm big. I'm higher on him than than Fabs is. I'm not as high on him as I just you don't are. trust him. I, well, see, I think the way the season ended because by the end of the year, Kaepernick was looking for him more, and I think that's going to translate to this year that he's going to start. But the same thing happened. This is what I. The same thing happened the year before where he went off and at the end of the but year, no and then it didn't translate. It's, so, so he did it against the best teams. He, he was very productive against the Saints, and he was very listen, productive against. I'm not saying he can't be else. a very good fantasy tight end. He has I, been in space. I just I got trust issues with him. All right, I hear you. All right, <laughs> listen, fellas, very quickly, bring me up to speed. Bring us up to speed on what Fantasy Genius on NFL.com is all Fantasy about. Genius is the coolest and the newest and the most innovative feature in the fantasy sports industry. Right now on NFL.com slash fantasy, you can go and get real-time answers to your questions from millions upon millions of users within the Fantasy Genius community. Marcus Grant, uh, I know he is a big fan of this. If you have a question about who to start and who to sit, you can put it into Fantasy Genius. If you want people to rate your lineup, you can use Fantasy Genius. And you can actually rate yourself as a fantasy expert because you're going to get a fantasy leaderboard, a genius leaderboard, where you're going to be calculated how, how often you're right, how often you're wrong. This is going to be so much fun uh, for fantasy football owners. Unfortunately, Dave Damashek, Marcus Grant, and myself, and Adam Rankin, our, our pals from NFL Fantasy Live, we can't get to all your questions. Here... Fantasy Genius, you can go and get your questions like, answered by millions upon millions of fantasy so football NFL. fans. So NFL.com, and you'll find that there in yep. the, on the uh, fantasy page, NFL.com slash fantasy. Fabiano, I thought you were going to say, you said unfortunately. Unfortunately, doesn't that put us all out of a job? <laughs> <laughs> well, they can still watch us on NFL Fantasy Live and listen to us on, on podcasts and read what we, we have can, to read. Right. Come on. We'll enjoy this for another season or two. And then, then we're done. Then, Machines then are the taking over everybody's just, jobs. That's right. Is that right? We that's, all that's, saw, that's, that's it. We all saw it. It is. Skynet is active. It's self-aware. We're all in trouble. If, yeah. if it had just been Terminator, I'd say, ah, well, that's just one person's opinion. That's one movie's opinion. But, you know, then The Matrix. I mean, listen. The results are in. <laughs> our time here is limited. Yeah, we're I will done. say this. I mean, I know it, it sounds like you know we're just here pimping one of our products, but honestly, Fantasy Genius really is very cool. And it, I found it sometimes it's kind of a time suck on my day because I'll sit here and I'll just start clicking questions and answering questions, and like suddenly uh, you know, thirty minutes have passed. I mean, it, and it's July, and it's July. Yeah. Imagine, uh, imagine you know? as the draft It'll draws closer, the and, and then once the season's underway. Yep. All right, fellas, looking forward to uh, to really. Kicking it into high gear here with you for another season. Professor, a great addition to the NFL Fantasy Live gang there. You'll be able to watch him Monday through Friday, of course, like I say, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific once the season gets underway. But 2 p.m. Eastern in the meantime, online. What will that be, five days a week? NFL.com, five days a week. Five days a week of, uh, of a week. Uh, Fantasy Kibitzen. Pre-season Fantasy Kibitzen. Excellent. Yep. All right, fellas. Uh, looking forward to it. And, uh, and Work on your Bruce Wayne. Wow. I'm telling you. Bruce Wayne, your time <laughs> in charge of Gotham. Uh, that's not good. All right. I'm not going to do it anymore. All right. Listen. 
Scram! The both of you, we're going to get out of here, too. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back with more Huey and Applesauce for you next week. We're bringing Elliot Harrison in here, another of the fantasy group, and I'm sure some other fun and surprises for you. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.